This episode of Country Queer Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. Pick up a copy of the new Jamie Wyatt album, Neon Cross. Available now at jamiewyatt.com. That's J-A-I-M-E-W-Y-A-T-T dot com. Ride me cowboy Till the cows have come home Till the cows, till the cows come home Look deep in my eyes Put your hands on my thighs And ride, ride, ride Saddle up, cowpokes, and get ready to hit the trail with Country Queer Spotlight the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. Join your host, Rachel Coles, as she chats with her guests about their music, their background, their influences, and more. Let's ride. Ride me, cowboy, till the cows come home. Till the cows, till the cows come home. Deep in my eyes, put your hands on my thighs. Hey there, cowpokes. If you're looking for stories from queer country stars, you're on the right trail with Country Queer Spotlight. I'm your host, Rachel Colst. We started prepping for this series back in the spring, and you'll hear on this interview with Katie Pruitt that we were still trying to get things right. This one was recorded over Zoom, and you've probably seen from previous episodes and from upcoming ones that we perfected our setup since then, so I apologize for the sound quality. This particular interview is from Cinco de Mayo, when we were all about 15 years younger. Katie wowed people in and out of Nashville with her confessional album, Expectations. In the interview, you'll hear that she planned for the album to be like a narrative arc about the coming out experience. Since then, Katie has released a stunning music video for the song Normal, and her searing protest song, Look the Other Way, which we wrote about on countryqueer.com. We're going to listen to that before diving into our interview with Kitty Pruitt. They bulldozed over the memories To build apartments with amenities And left the low-income families Broke on the outskirts of town Might be the change on the surface that bothers me
Um, so yeah, so Katie Pruitt, how are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing good. I'm just sitting <laughs> in Nashville, Tennessee, drinking a margarita, a margarita because it's Cinco de Mayo. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere, but one thirty over there. Yep, definitely definitely pretty early, but hey, what else am I doing? <laughs> right. Um, I heard there was some bad weather. Are are you doing okay? Yeah, we're we're we didn't um, hit us. Well, I mean, we we had some pretty heavy winds, but our friend, a couple of our friends got like trees down in their yards and stuff, and lost power. Um, one of our friends is over here now doing her laundry and taking a shower. So, oh boy. But, I mean, it's yeah, it's tough to not have power. So, um, yeah. But yeah, we're we're luckily okay and good. All right, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, and you sound pretty chipper in spite of everything else that's been going on. I mean, yeah, just probably just because of the margarita. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's one of the. I I don't know. I feel like it's it's like, it, I go I go up and down. You know, it's like some days I'm low energy and kind of bummed, and other days I I try to see the silver lining and things. So I'm lucky to get to do that at least. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um. I do have a list of questions, but as always, feel free to pass on any of them or, okay. you know, if there's anything in particular you want to talk about, um, sure. go for it. Um, but one thing I noticed um, in the interviews I was reading, you didn't really, or I didn't see anything about uh, your own coming out experience. I, I saw a lot about um, your relationship with your parents and uh, songwriting, but I was wondering if you mind, if you wanted to talk about it, what your ring of keys moment, sure. so to speak, was. <laughs> yeah, um, my coming out experience was, um, I mean, it was over the phone with my parents when I lived in Nashville, like my first year at Belmont, um, which would have been my junior year, and um, yeah, I was, it actually, um, I wasn't really trying to come out at the time, um, I was dating this girl named Grace, hence the song Grace Has a Gun, <laughs> and um, we just had a really messy, bad breakup and um, wrote a song about it, and my parents were kind of, you know, questioning me about the songs, like, it got posted online and stuff, and they were like, I don't know, I think they were just uncomfortable with the fact that it's such an intense song, which is, it is, you know, because it was an intense moment in part of my life, so I was writing about it. And I, and I, at that point, I had kind of lied to them and told them that like we broke up because I don't, or, or, or I, I lied to them and said that I moved out uh, mm -hmm. with her because, because like she was dating a guy that I liked, and then eventually like they kind of just put the pieces together and were like kind of hounding me about it and were telling me to like take this song offline and, and it was just like kind of an upsetting moment. So I just finally like called them and was like, hey, look, Grace was, you know, more than a, more than a friend, and I'm, you know, I'm gay, and they they, it was just like, I don't know, it was pretty hard for, for a while, like, I don't really think they quite understood that, or, yeah, so it was, it was tough for a while, and then, you know, um, so yeah, that was my coming out story, but all my, <laughs> most of my friends at that point knew, so it was really just like, waiting to tell my parents and I wanted to tell them at a better time but it just kind of it just kind of happened that way 
Right. It's either they're the last to know or you're the last to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know. Yeah. It I'm wasn't over, the best way to yeah. come out, but it was, it was what happened, so. Let's take some time to listen to Grace Has a Gun. has a gun She's not fooling around She don't keep it for fun Make sure you approach her With a bulletproof vest Cause when you piss her off She'll aim right for your chest Whoa, whoa
um, yeah, when I was talking about uh, the Ring of Keys moment, it, I was, uh, do you know uh, the musical Fun Home? I don't know Fun Home, no. Oh, it's, uh, it's based on a graphic novel, which is a fun read, but there is a song about um, a younger version of the character seeing, like, this butch, uh, my girlfriend sitting right next to me. Is it, like, a UPS driver or... Uh, it's just a truck driver. Like, a truck driver with, like, a Ring of Keys, and it's, like, and she's, like, wait, I think, like, I'm into that, but also might be that. Um, I was like, mm. at what point did you start like having those kinds of realizations about yourself uh, while you were growing up in this uh, like, very conservative uh, upbringing? I if mean, you want to talk about I it, think no pressure. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm cool to talk about it. Um, yeah, I mean, when, honestly, I had realizations when I was like pretty young, but mm-hmm. kind of, you know, put it out of my mind because of just based off like reactions that like my parents had to, you know, certain things I was asking them. Like, I remember having, like, a crush on a girl at this, like, Girl Scout camp that I went to. And I remember getting home and, like, asking my mom, like, um, you know, like, I really, like, I I like this girl. Like, I really like this girl. And she was just like, do you want to be friends with her? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but it was sort of asking me in a way, like, you want to be friends with her, right? Like, you don't actually like her that way. And I was just like, yeah, I guess so, you know. But what I was really trying to do was, like, admit feelings for for someone. So I think I kind of, like, knew as a very young girl. And there was, like, just, like, little moments like that that kind of, like, you know, scared me back into the closet. <laughs> um, and... Uh, but yeah, I don't know, like in high school, I, I definitely had like crushes on my girlfriends, like some of them. And, and then eventually, you know, and they would sort of tease me about it, but like not in like a, a mean necessarily way, but just, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I think, I, I think I kind of always knew. Um, and then once I left Georgia, like once I actually made plans to like leave and, and go to Nashville is, is kind of when I finally admitted it to all my friends and, and, and like, you know, out loud to myself. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my that's kind of my experience mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, it's, I wonder what it'll be like, or maybe what it is like for people growing up and not having that uh, inhibition. Not yeah. having that what? That like sort of sense of inhibition around uh, like same sex crushes. Yeah, you know, like I think we're. I think we're still in a moment where even if your parents are, when you're like a young kid, like supportive, there's so many other messages around that are tr- that are homophobic, essentially, or transphobic. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I think, I mean, that's why, like, you know, outlets and um, media like, like you guys, like Country Queer, or like, you know, just anybody that's, like, talking about it is, is important. Just, like, representation of, like, hey, like, you're not alone in this struggle, like... I felt this way too when I was younger and, you know, you, you kind of like, you kind of realize that you don't have to be confined to this world that like maybe your parents expect you to live in or that you grew up in. Like you can go out there and you can find your own world and kind of create your own world around you that's supportive. Um, And it's scary. It's definitely like scary to just like leave everything you know. But I think like in certain cases like like my own like doing that was like the the best thing I've ever done you know it just like left room for me to finally be who who I wanted to be yeah is that something you get from 
people who like come up to talk to you after the show as well? Um, yeah, I think I think so. Like people definitely, um, or like mess like not right now because I'm not playing shows unfortunately. Right. But yeah, people will like DM me on Instagram and you know um, to tell me their experiences. Like I grew up in the South and like you know like didn't feel comfortable with myself and like listening to music like helped me. Or, or something, and it's like that's so cool. Like I'm, that's like why I made the rec- the type of record that I made is because I knew I wasn't the only one, like that had been struggling with this. Or, um, you know, this experience is not just like limited to me. Like there's so many people in the world that have, that are either going through something similar or like might have, a, you know, the same experience as me. This sounds like a great time to listen to Normal from Katie Pruitt's album Expectations. Marching in line in the halls of my Catholic school Seven Hail Marys, if I copped an attitude
curled up on the couch, you look just as worn out as me. Trying to act certain in a world of uncertainty. After the interview, I asked Katie about some of her influences. So let's take a listen to Dawes's Things Happen. i 
This episode of Country Queer Spotlight is brought to you by New West Records. The new Jamie White album, Neon Cross, is available now. In our interview with Jamie, Country Queer called Neon Cross a dreamy country masterpiece, and The Advocate calls Jamie the new queer queen of outlaw country. Pick up a copy of Neon Cross at jamiewyatt.com. That's J-A-I-M-E-W-Y-A-T-T dot com. You're listening to Country Queer Spotlight, the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. You can find more queer country content and merch at countryqueer.com. Now, back to the show with your host, Rachel Colst. Yeah, I mean, it's really such a powerful album. Um, I want to talk Thank a little you. bit about, uh, of course, <laughs> about the sound. Um, a lot of elements uh, speak to me to like a sort of more indie rock sensibility. Um, yeah. And I've, you know, I've seen, I've read that you were really influenced by skateboard culture and like emo <laughs> uh, when you were growing yeah. up. Um, but what is it about like country that makes you want to forge your path like here in Nashville? Um, or, like, try to, like, make a place for yourself within, like, the country music world? Um, I don't know. I just, I, I think before I moved to Nashville, I thought country was limited to, like, pop country. Um, but, like, sort of realizing, like, I don't know, meeting and listening to people like Jason Isbell, um, or, you know, Rustin Kelly is a great example. Like, he's, he's using sort of elements of country, but he, it's his it's his story he's telling through that. And I think it's the storytelling aspect of country that I really grab onto. Um, and then like, I don't know, other sonic influence of my record kind of come from just like stuff I was listening to the time, whether it be like Phoebe Bridgers or like, like expectations. Like I kind of had like Courtney Barnett in mind, like mm-hmm. there's, you know, other stuff that I listened to besides just, you know, um, country storytelling, uh, that like, really influenced kind of the sonic direction that the record took. I mean, personally, it wasn't like, I mean, Belmont was, 
I liked Belmont. Like, I toured it, and I was like, okay, they've got – this is kind of a lame answer, but this is just the truth. Like, I just wasn't very good at school. And my my dad was like, you have to get a college degree. And lucky, luckily, like, for me, you know, it's like I had parents that were, like, putting me through college. So I was like, all right, got to get a college degree. I hated math, hated science. I hated, like, just, like, basic school <laughs> – and I found that, like, Belmont had a songwriting, songwriting program, and I was like, all right, I won't fail out of that. So <laughs> I I did that, you know. And to me, like, I was like, okay, this is kind of like my ticket into Nashville. Um, and I've got, you know, a couple of years to, to figure it out how to, like, stay in Nashville. Um, and that, that was kind of, like, just plain and simple. That was my reasoning is because I, I needed to get out of Athens, Georgia, like, there were too many kids that I just, like, saw from high school, and I just felt like I couldn't really be who I wanted to be there. So I knew I wanted to leave and go somewhere. And Nashville, I kept hearing, like, there's an industry for music there. Like, there's, you know, and that, that was appealing to me. So it was really Nashville that, that kind of got me to Belmont, you know. It wasn't um, – although Belmont was great, you know. Like, there's um, – there is, like, kind of on the surface, it's, like, kind of Christian and – I don't know, like – sort of hipster Christian, if you know what I mean, like, um, and, and then, and then, but then, like, on the, you know, underneath, there's just, like, so many, like, I met so many cool people, like, the girl that did my, um, visual art for my album, and, like, does a lot of other video stuff with me, Sammy, she's, like, become one of my best friends, and the guy that produced my record, Mike Robinson, like, he was a guitar player in my college band, so it's, like, really, it was the people that I met at Belmont that made it, like, what it, made it the experience that it was for me. What was like but the yeah. queer oh yeah, what was the queer community like there or did people kind of just go out into Nashville for that kind of thing? Uh the queer community there was definitely very few and far between. Like I right. maybe knew like one gay guy. Um and it could have been that I transferred in. So like a lot of people <laughs> already had their friends, you know. Um yeah, one gay guy named Cody who was like you know, and, and then, like, some other people, I guess, that were, like, bi, but I didn't, like, there really wasn't, like, a thriving gay community in, at Belmont, necessarily. Um, I think I've sort of found that more so when I graduated, and I just sort of, you know, found my found my people, but, I mean, that's not to say that, like, my only friends are, are gay people, you know? Well, like, well sure, yeah. Yeah, but, like, yeah, there's definitely a, more of a gay scene outside of Belmont. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Although, uh, it's those still, two it's gay still bars pretty are like small. Right down the hill. Right. I know, I know. It's like one yeah. street. It's called Church Street yeah. where all the gay bars are in Nashville, which I think is so funny and awesome. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I, I still think that, like, the queer community in Nashville is um, pretty small compared to, like, most cities. Mm-hmm. But it's still there. You know, it's there and it's, like, it's pretty thriving. Like, our pride is, like, pretty fun and you know, there's a lot going on <laughs> when there's not a pandemic. <laughs> right. Yeah. I um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about a couple of the songs on the album too. Um, yeah. Well, sure. before you released Expectations, you released like a kind of collection of live videos of you performing some of the songs instead of like a more traditional EP. I was curious about that. Yeah. Oh, like the live, like the R vinyl sessions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, I, I mean, I did that in, like, I think, like, 2017 going into 2018, and, like, I just, I don't know, I I had, ex- you know, I had experimented with, like, producers 
and like kind of finding this recorded sound and I couldn't quite figure it out. Um, like it just wasn't the right mix of like me, like producer and artist or it wasn't the right, I don't know. I, I loved the live arrangements that I was sort of coming up with, with my band, uh, that ended up playing on my record. And most of them played in the R vinyl. Actually, all of them, uh, played on my record. Everyone in those videos played or sang on my record. Um, so I knew I had the band, but I just couldn't find the producer that I wanted. And I was just like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I'm just going to, you know, uh, meet, like, uh, work with our vinyl who does these like amazing, great, you know, full production videos. And we'll, we'll just like record the live sound that, you know, we've been working on. And I was excited about that. So I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. And let's put that up on Spotify so that like the songs can be out there. Um, but then, it, you know, I knew that I wanted to, like, re-record a lot of those songs mm-hmm. and put them on, like, a full-length record where I could, like, really say, like, make a statement kind of and be like, this is what I want to say with these songs. But um, at that time, I was just I just want to play live. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was, kind of, that was kind of my way to do that. Well, I think that was smart because I definitely, like, ripped some of those videos so I could use them on the podcast before the album came out. So hopefully <laughs> nice. that, that won you a couple fans, too. Um, nice. <laughs> and I know that uh, like the songs on expectations are kind of arranged like chronologically, but the album is almost is autobiographical. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty intentional. Um, yeah. So you know the that last song, it's always been you, is like so incredible. Um, I've wanted to play it to my girlfriend. Uh, you know, I think it's like a universal feeling, but the idea of like dreaming of a person and you don't know who they are yet and then they come to you right. it kind of like feels like really uh, powerful for people like us who kind of didn't necessarily have as many role models of uh, ideal relation, queer relationships. Um, I was right. wondering if you wanted to share, uh, you know, the sort of sense of peace at the end of the album is definitely attributed to your girlfriend. Um, how'd, you, how'd you two meet? if you want to talk about it. <laughs> Actually, we were <laughs> we were roommates first. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like that's probably pretty familiar for a lot of people. Cliche. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we were roommates, and we were friends for, you know, while we were roommates. And I actually didn't even... She wasn't, like, saying she was gay. I didn't even know she was gay. Um, and so, yeah, we lived together for, like, six months, and, and she moved here from Colorado and um, we our, our one mutual friend Rachel was the one that brought her, sort of like got her to move down here and um, yeah we we I don't really know what happened honestly um, <laughs> I think like a, a, a switch just sort of like flipped um, and we kind of like started hanging out more and without Rachel and <laughs> would, you know, kind of, like, do things. And, and, like, then we were kind of, like, huh, like, what's going on here? Like, this is, it started to, like, at times be, like, more than, like, just a friendship. And it kind of took, it, it was, like, this, you know, kind of slow developing thing. And then, like, exactly like I say in the song, like, one night, and this is sort of, like, when I was, like, ramping up to, so like, both of us were, like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> you like each other? But neither of us were, like, saying it. And um, I was playing this house show, like, this, like, Belmont, like, house party show with my, like, rock band. And she came, and Rachel left, and Dana stayed um, just to hang out with me. And I was, like, huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, yeah, we just 
like kind of got like drunk because we were like standing on this porch and we were just like, yeah, I like you. She's like, I like you too, you know. And then that's kind of just like <laughs> kind of just went from there. We were like, well, uh, this is the movie great. I want to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it says it all there in the song, you know. Right. So um, yeah, I it's um it's I mean it's been the best relationship of my whole life. Like she's just like somebody that's like my best friend and that I can like really confide in and you know it's not like the relationship I had with Grace you know that that was like super toxic and unhealthy where we were very codependent you know it's like this is like an adult like relationship where we respect each other's space but we also you know like there's that like romantic thing where we're like you are the thing that like keeps me going you know um Mm -hmm. So I I don't know it's it's nice to and yeah we've been dating for like four years now so <laughs> congrats yeah I I I really love her so <laughs> yeah I felt like it was appropriate to to put that um, sounded like a final statement of like the record of like you know the first song is wishful thinking where I wrote that when I was kind of like I was in a relationship with a guy at the time when I wrote that and I didn't want to be you know and I was kind of like you know. I wrote that about having a cru- like having crushes on girls and like I don't know it's it's <laughs> so to start the album with like that kind of like song where it's I'm questioning if love even exists um at least the type of love that people have been describing to me like I'm like you know wondering well what does that look like for me is it even real is it just made up in movies and then to end it with like kind of like this very cinematic um chronological like story about how me and my girlfriend met it felt just like appropriate with that story let's listen to loving her
And then I guess the last question I had like prepared really was um, a lot of the album is about like your relationship with your faith and of course the cover illustration is, has a stained glass window on it. Um, I was right. wondering if you could speak to, if you wanted to, the relationship you have with uh, your faith currently. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think currently like faith or God to me is just like anything good, like anything, you know, like the feeling that you get when you like, you know, have beers with a friend or like, I don't know, like going, like taking a hike and like looking at a waterfall, like in nature, like that, those things like have sort of become like God to me, like things that like feel very um, spiritual, um, but like religion and kind of like the confines that I grew up in, um, where God was like, you know, a sort of like a floating deity in the sky with a, a white man with a white beard. <laughs> I was sort of like got a little bit away from that, um, I think as I got older. But that doesn't, I mean, that's not to say that I'm like judgmental of people that like believe in that, because I think that's like, that's great too. But for me, I just like growing up Catholic and like, I don't know, it, it, it just felt like God was like this very strict presence that like, if you did anything wrong, like he was like, you know, kind of, like, keeping track of your sins and, and stuff like that. And I, I just don't, as I've gotten older, I just, like, I don't really think that's how it works. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. That's a, that's a really good question, and I kind of, I feel like I kind of botched that answer a little bit. I, I feel like I could have answered that better. But <laughs> There's no rules here. I, uh, <laughs> I definitely resonate a lot with what you were saying. Yeah, um... I guess I just I just think that like God is very like it's it's you sort of find it within yourself and it's mm-hmm. not necessarily what someone else might tell you that God is which is kind of before um I almost had to like get completely away from like God and religion at all to kind of come back to that realization of like I do believe in sort of this like um I believe in, like, spirituality, you know, and like I said, I I really think it's, um, you find it within yourself, and whatever you need to, like, help you find that, and, you know, then that's what you, that's what you need. Right. (laughs) But, yeah. Right. Totally. Like I said, I'm I'm pretty, I'm botching that answer, but, uh, (laughs) yeah. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, do you still skateboard? by the way <laughs> <laughs> I longboard um I still have my skateboard but um I used to like go to skate parks when I was in middle school and stuff but I I just like broke too many bones and I got sort of into guitar as I got older and was like man I, I don't want to break my arm and not be able to like play a show so I kind of I, I safely longboard now like I don't like bomb any hills or anything I just kind of cruise which is which is nice you know because I, I still love it yeah, um, but I snowboard and uh, not like often because I don't live anywhere near a snowy mountain. But um, <laughs> when I can, I do, um, and like wakeboard and all that stuff. Anything with a board is fun, I think. <laughs> That's cool. Maybe maybe yeah. when I grow up, I'll have that kind of core strength, but I could never. Yeah. <laughs> could yeah. never get on the skateboard. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, uh, well, I guess your plan, what you would have been doing right now is touring, and I know things are kind yeah, of on hold, but sure. uh, 
do you have thoughts on what's coming up next, or are you, you just trying to write it out? I'm kind of trying to write it out. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, as soon as touring can happen again, I think that's where I'll be. But um, at, at the same time, it's like, I don't know if it'll happen in the fall or, like, in January 2021. Like, I hate to say that, but it's like, I, I just, I have no idea. Um but I know I want to get back out on the road and I want to promote this record like in person with people, you know, it feels kind of, um, but I'm trying to figure out ways to like, you know, connect with people online for now. Cause, um, I think that's important too, but man, I mean, what I really want to be doing is playing these songs live, you know, that's what I sort of always dreamed of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of bummed that that can't happen, but I know it will eventually. So, Whenever that is, as soon as that's a possibility, that is what I'll be doing. Yeah. But yeah, I'm kind of just writing, writing at home and um, trying to do other stuff musically to like keep me, you know, keep my mind occupied and to stay inspired and stuff. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I was just going to leave it up to you, Katie, if there's anything you want to make sure you, um, had to say or wanted to make sure you mentioned for the piece? Um, I don't know. I guess I, I guess just like reiterate on sort of what I've been saying is like, I hope that, I hope that this record for people is, I mean, even if they're not gay, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. um, something where they feel like they can be themselves in a, maybe in a world that otherwise tells them they can't be. Um, so, yeah, I think that's like kind of the takeaway that I would want people to get out of this record. It's to just like be comfortable in your own skin and like love yourself, whatever that means or looks like for you. Okay, thank you. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. It was, it was. I mean it. I mean it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, that's it for me. I also asked Katie to give a queer country shout out to an artist she admired. She picked Becca Moncari, and I picked the song first time. If you watch the video, you'll see a lot of friendly queer country faces. Stronger, but man, 
This episode of Country Queer Spotlight has been brought to you by New West Records. Pick up a copy of the new Jamie Wyatt album, Neon Cross, available now at jamiewyatt.com. That's J-A-I-M-E-W-Y-A-T-T dot com. Well, cowpokes, we've reached the end of the trail for this episode. Thanks for listening to Country Queer Spotlight, the podcast that introduces you to rising LGBTQ stars on the country scene. Head on over to countryqueer.com for more queer country content and merch. Rachel Colst has been your host and producer. For new music by Roots artists of all genders and orientations, listen to our weekly podcast, Adobe and Teardrops. Country Queer Spotlight is edited by Zach Tomlinson, executive produced by Country Queer's founder, Dale Geist. And our theme song, Ride Me Cowboy by Paisley Fields, is courtesy of Don Giovanni Records. Ride me cowboy.